0: Hello and welcome to Tops 10, brought to you by KTXT Radio and the College of Media and Communication at Texas Tech University in beautiful Lubbock. Tops 10 seeks out successful and influential people in politics and government, the many professions, the physical and social sciences, or the arts and humanities, and asks them to reveal their lives, ideas, and ideals through their playlist. Our format is simple. We ask our guests what pieces of music mean the most to them and to tell us the story behind the infatuation. Mr. Derek Ginter is our producer-engineer, I'm David Perlmutter, a professor at and dean of the college and the host of Tops 10. Today, I have with me Joe Fairless. Now, Joe, I was actually trying to put together a short narrative bio for you, but you're a nonlinear person. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. <laughs> so I want you, you're the very first guest right? I'm going to say, you know what, I need you to tell me <laughs> oh, what, yeah? it, what exactly do you do?
1: right now i do a lot of things but primarily i raise capital for real estate investments and you're a graduate of our college i am I and, was, and you
0: were a major in our
1: college yes advertising major in 2005. and how
0: did you go from advertising to capital real estate commercial investments
1: well i moved to new york city right after i graduated because i wanted to compete with the best of the best in advertising and that is my mentality where I want to go in and uh, really experience and learn from the best of the best. So that's how I went from Texas to New York City. And while in advertising, this is completely shortcutting a lot of stuff, but I'll answer your question directly. I was investing in single family homes on the side. And I transitioned from uh, single family homes and I wanted to learn more about the larger aspects of real estate. So while I had my full time job in advertising, work at a New York City ad agency, I was studying commercial real estate, so multifamily apartment investing. And then I reached a point when my advertising career, I was the youngest vice president of a New York City ad agency, but I wasn't fulfilled at all. And life's way too short to do something you're not fulfilled, something that you're not growing and uh, learning continuously. So I left. And with my real estate experience, um, I realized that there was an opportunity for uh, multifamily investing. Uh, So I started learning that. And once I left my full-time job, I can't get approved for a mortgage. So that necessitated me to be resourceful and figure out, okay, how can I still go along this path in the with the life circumstances that I'm that are being presented to me right now and that was simply to raise money and buy it together with investors.
0: And Joe, you're you're still a very young guy and and what strikes me is I was in New York uh, a couple months ago I visited you. I also visited some of our other alumni, including some of our very young alumni just a couple of months years out of co- college. And I was talking to them and what really amazed me was their ability to adapt and learn almost anything that they had to adapt and learn. In other words, the boss came in one morning and said, hey, uh, anybody here can do something with this new platform, the new new technology, new venue? And their answer is, absolutely. Tomorrow morning, can I give a, you a presentation? Yeah. And they stay up all night checking out YouTube videos and websites. And they don't ask to be flown to a workshop in Vegas where they right. spend three weeks studying. That the, would be the, nice, but yeah, they
1: don't ask for but that. They, but they, they know just, the answer. They
0: just find they find the information somewhere learn it and then the next morning people my age go wow you are an expert mm-hmm. <laughs> in that and and you're you're really uh, at the cutting edge of that I mean, you basically self-taught right i mean or, yeah or, i mean you learned from people who knew knew what they were doing but you didn't say well gee i have to take uh, five years off to get a, another degree in something right
1: right yeah. yeah i mean it's it's i'd say two things that one is evolve or die you evolve or you die uh and that is with any career, any profession, you either continually grow, which is something that we all have a human need for. We have to grow, we have to have progress, um, or we don't, and then we eventually kind of just go into a shell. And I witnessed that firsthand with the agency I was at, Mr. Youth, they're now called MRY. Uh, I was there for about seven years. I was a seventh person, and whenever I started, we were essentially an event marketing agency. Well, whenever I left, I was heading up the Microsoft account uh, where we did all the social media for being an MSN. And so we were at the big kids table having the conversations with VPs of Microsoft on high-level strategy where the company I initially started with, we were doing one-off events for spring break. And I saw firsthand how the founder of that company, Matt Britton, evolved the company and was one step ahead of the market. Um, so I, I took that skill set and I, I applied it to what I do now. And the second part is being resourceful. Um, the, th- why we do or don't accomplish things isn't a matter of the resources we have, it's a matter of how, resourcef- how resourceful we are. And that's my philosophy. And so I, I believe um, with the resourcefulness mentality I can learn in the industry. Uh, the secret is just find who has successfully done it before, model what they've done, model what they've done, and then apply that same, uh, those tactics, uh, and then you'll likely get the same results.
0: And that's absolutely a great lesson for uh, our students individually and for entities. You know, I was just talking to uh, uh, a colleague whose uh, father worked at a very, very famous company that went out of business. And mm-hmm. uh, when that company went out of business, declared bankruptcy, they had a uh, 144,000 employees and a name brand that everybody in the world knew their name. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had had many opportunities to. Change and to adapt to the new things coming along that they've gotten plenty of warning on but they kept saying oh geez, you know we're making so much money with our existing product we don't want to eat into our there's just a block and you know I always tell students like I drove a car called an Oldsmobile you know <laughs> I took pictures with a Kodak camera and I've got a list of those of all these companies that aren't with us anymore yeah. mainly because people just didn't want to skate to where as Wayne Gretzky always says you know skate to where yeah. the puck is going to be not where it, where it is and, and that's incredibly hard to motivate somebody to do if they're happy or, or they're safe within their little, little niche, right?
1: Yeah, complacency is the worst place to be in life, I think. It's good to be disgusted and it's good to be inspired. But if you're complacent, then that's trouble because it goes back to the, the not growing part. Joe, where'd you grow up? I grew up in Fort Worth, Texas. I went to Alito High School.
0: Did you have uh, music in your life at that time? I mean, besides you know listening as a teenager, but did you, were your parents interested in music? Did you do you have to or, or hear her, their music?
1: <laughs> yeah, my mom uh, plays the piano, and it is uh, perhaps this is the reason why it's my favorite instrument. But it's my favorite instrument. I, I she tried to teach me whenever I was in high school. I was more interested in football and baseball and track, um, but I love the piano. And my favorite thing to do now is to go to a, a concert, live music. There are experiences in my life that are uh, magical moments, and a lot of those magical moments are tied back to a concert that I experienced. And it's not only the concert I experienced, but it's the people I was with experiencing it.
0: So live music means more to you than your playlist on your iPhone. Yes, you have. Two songs here by Eminem. By the way, yeah, I want to point out... This, your favorite you, you're, band, right? You're, you're, <laughs> he's a close personal friend. Uh, I want to point out, I think mainly because I've been interviewing people until now who've been in their uh, 50s and, and, and 60s. Yeah, uh, a lot of Johnny th- Cash. Th- I, We've gotten... Uh, we have not hit Eminem yet. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Now, Eminem, I guess you could describe him as somebody who entered a world that wasn't immediately accepting to somebody from his demographic, like put mm-hmm. it that way, and worked really hard to build respect and actually gained respect and, and achieved a lot, right? So he was an entrepreneur of a kind.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And what, what I like about Eminem is that whether or not you agree or disagree with the lyrics, which I'm going to say I don't agree with all of his lyrics, I respect his approach Whenever he is going towards something, he goes all in, and he puts his whole body, mind, soul into what he does. And that's what I appreciate most about him. I've seen him in concert at Lollapalooza about three years ago in Chicago, and it was a powerful experience because you can see what he's saying is what he feels.
0: That authenticity is important everywhere. The first song you list is Not Afraid.
1: Yeah, not afraid. And as the title says, I mean, right right out of the gate in the, in the song he talks about, I'm not afraid, take my hand, uh, we're in it together. And I think that is the approach that is necessary to conquer things in life, where a lot of the times there's a perception of certain things that you are afraid of. But if you have the mentality of, you know what, I'm going to make it happen. I'm not afraid. Let's do this then things tend to work out if you put yourself in a position where you just move forward. I call it manufacturing progress. That's what I've done a lot in my entrepreneurial life is I just manufacture the progress that I have with a certain goal. Uh, even if it, it's stagnant at a point, I just do something almost superficial to take another step forward and eventually you end up at your destination. You
2: can try and read my lyrics off of this paper before I lay But you won't take this thing out these words before I say them. Cause ain't no way I'm gonna let you stop me from causing mayhem. When I say I'm gonna do something, I do it. I don't give a damn what you think. I'm for me, so f*** the world, feed beans is gassed up, everything's are stopping me I'ma be what I set out to be without a doubt, undoubtedly, and all those who look down on me, I'm tearing down your balcony knowing fans are us, do try to ask him why how can he, from Infinite down to the last Relapse album, me, still sh- and whether he's on salary, paid hourly, until he bows out or he f***s sh- his out of him, whichever comes first, for better or worse, he's married to the game, like a you f- for Christmas his gift is a curse, forget the earth he's got the earth to pull his d- from the i
0: next song also Eminem lose yourself now is that lose yourself is like going all in and and full effort into something
1: I would say with lose yourself the takeaway for me is you have one chance you've got a moment you've got to own it is what he says and there are a lot of opportunities in life that will be presented with but there are some pretty pivotal moments in your career and in your life where you have to capture the opportunity and the song's about capturing opportunity when you're presented it. It's talking about, you know, the the challenges that you have as, you know, someone who isn't presented with a whole lot of of opportunities to start, and then when you're on the stage and you've got the chance, you got to own it, and that's that's what I like about this song.
0: Yeah, and that is such an important message again for students. I, I guess a couple of days ago, I was talking to one of our media law classes, and I was telling them that in my youth, you know, when I was their age and I was learning media ethics and media law, we had a cushion of. Consideration, a cushion of time to make decisions. You know, there used to be something, maybe you don't even remember it, you're too young, the news cycle. You know, an event would happen, and the mayor or the president or the newspaper would have some time to sort of think and process what's their response. I mean, the paper Mm -hmm. wouldn't be printed until the next day, the the evening broadcast. Reporters would call and, you know, can you give me a comment? I'll I'll wait till you call tomorrow. All of that has collapsed in the advent of social media, the internet, satellites, so that, you really have seconds almost to make decisions and I said that the real onus on you to learn about media law and media ethics is that you may be called upon to make decisions about legality Mm -hmm. and ethics and you may have 30 seconds to make that decision whereas I had a couple of days which means you have to learn it better Mm -hmm. and understand that I do and you have to rehearse what's going to happen when that comes up. You talked about opportunities I've seen this happen, I've heard from professors and heard from alumni where one of our students has been given an opportunity and they didn't notice it Mm -hmm. They they didn't get it that this this was this was a golden moment here, yeah. or they weren't ready to step up. Like, oh, uh, uh, oh I'm sorry, I, I'm not, re- you know, I'm not ready. But you know, if you're called on the stage, now I know it was an artificial moment. But this famous Bruce Springsteen, do you know who that is? Joe? I do. Okay, yes. good. good, good. <laughs> Bruce Springsteen Now I know this was scripted for the music video, but he calls Courtney Cox Mm -hmm. that a very young woman actress You know Mm -hmm. on the stage to play, you know To -hmm. to, to, to dance now now that was all stage, but I'm saying that you know when you get called on the stage You know she she couldn't say you know what let me rehearse a little bit longer. I'll get back to you. You
1: do it Yeah. Yeah, you do it a lot of times you won't get a Bruce Springsteen asking you to jump on stage A lot of times in the real world, you're going to be in a meeting and there's going to be a project and they're going to say, who is willing or able to work the weekend? No one's pulling you on stage. You have to put yourself on stage. And that's, I mean, that specific example is something I specifically did whenever I was in advertising at Chiat Day, whenever my first job out of school in New York City, you know, it was, that's how my approach is. And one of the most important points in my career at Mr. Youth, uh, where I really, you know, I went from junior account manager to a management supervisor and titles are kind of interchangeable but i went from junior level to managing a lot of people in a short amount of time one of the most important moments of that transition was it was a friday and i was going to walk out the door i was actually passing my boss's office and she was looking at her computer talking to someone else and she looked stressed out totally stressed out and i walked past her and then i like stopped And I noticed that- You you had a a moment there, like, wait a minute. It
0: was a conscious- A moment where actually you can help another human being, like a good thing, but also like, here's an opportunity. Here's an opportunity. You know, my boss looks like she needs some help.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I like forced myself to take three steps back. And I looked at her, I was like, Melissa, what's going on? And she told me, well, long story short is we had just received RFP, request for proposal, an msn.com account remember what i told you when i was left i was managing microsoft and bing well uh she said we just got this proposal it's due on monday we haven't even started and i said what can i do to help and that what can i do to help you know had me working that friday night saturday sunday but we ended up winning the pitch and who are they gonna put on this account? Well, the, the person, the, one of the people on the team of three who helped put it together. And then we uh, did well with MSN. That evolved into working on being an MSN. And then we were all of a sudden one of Microsoft's lead social agencies. And it was all about seeking out the opportunity and being willing to put yourself in a position where it was a little uncomfortable because I sure as heck had plans Friday night, but you know, that's part of doing well in your career.
3: Look,
2: if you had one shot, one opportunity, But he choked, he's so mad but he won't Give up daddies, he know, he won't have it He knows, his whole back these ropes. It don't matter, he's dope, he knows that But he's pro, he's so stagnant, he knows When he goes back to this mobile home That's when it's back to the lab again, yo This old Rhapsody, better go capture this moment And hope it don't do it. Lose his mouth in the music The moment you own it, you better never let it go oh, You only get one shot, do not miss your chance to blow it's
0: Your next song is Third Eye Blind, Wounded.
1: Third Eye Blind is my favorite band. Have you met them? I have. (laughs) uh, In Cincinnati, about a year and a half ago, I did a VIP tour with them where I got to see the recording before the show. Now, are you
0: in the audience with a big sign saying please take me backstage?
1: <laughs> Not quite that level cuz I don't think I think that might be misinterpreted, but I got to meet them and it was just an incredible experience. I've been to I don't know, 30 shows in the last four years of Third Eye Blind. And a lot of people say I oh, didn't know they were still- So too. you're like a deadhead of- uh, I am, um, like, yeah. I am, yeah. And like all over the country or? I've seen them, I primarily see them in the Northeast. I've traveled to Washington DC to see them on New Year's Eve before. I've traveled up to Poughkeepsie, which isn't too far away from New York City where I live. I've traveled to Cincinnati to see them, wow. but I have business there. Now, we've talked in this show
0: before about this, this really interesting research that shows that we develop generational preferences, that pretty much the music, novels, the sort of art and um, entertainment that you like gets sort of upset by the time you're 30 and that we don't tend to find a lot of new stuff. I'm still listening to Bob Seger and Bruce Springsteen pretty much on, on satellite radio. And I have to admit that I only knew maybe two of the bands that you had. <laughs> so I assume these aren't, you know, 1920s. Uh, these are all new bands. What do you think about, th- you said it's your favorite band. What makes them special from all these other great bands that you've been listening
1: to? I would say the memories that are attached to this songs that I've listened to and I think that's with music in general where it is the memory that you have to the song versus the actual song and yeah I think that's with life too right it's it's not necessarily the words that are spoken it's the emotion and the meaning that we have behind them and with third eye blind in particular it was I remember waking up to this cd in college at Texas Tech and uh, listening and, and loving that. I also been to concerts with really close friends of mine and it's experience around it. Plus with any band, any, any, any band for me that I like, they have to mean what they say incredibly so important with that part, authenticity yeah. part that uh, we talked about earlier and and have a because
0: pur- i noticed millie Vanilli is not on um, <laughs> this list right so, no okay. no
1: um and and have a purpose behind it and i don't necessarily agree with everything that they say but i appreciate and i respect that they are speaking from the heart and that's what i like most
3: the guy who put his hands on you got nothing to do with me, and the bruises that you feel will heal, and I hope you'll come around, cause we're missing you, you used to speak so easy, now you're afraid to talk to me. It's like walking with the wounded
2: Carrying that weight way, way too far Concrete pulled you down so hard Out there with the wounded we missing you Well, I never claimed to understand What happens after dark But my fingers catch the sparks At the
3: thought of you
0: when so, I know I'm not the demographic, but for some reason, somebody referred me to the Insane Clown Posse. ICP. So, I, I read their Wikipedia entry, and what was fascinating to me was that they're obviously up there with, like, most hated bands yeah, ever. Yeah, they're wackos. But there's, they have this amazing core audience uh-huh. that follows them everywhere. Yeah. And when they talked about, like, why they're so popular, I mean, wh- why why these people love them, they say, well, they're, the, they're authentic. Mm-hmm. But then the band is saying they're trying to sort of make fun of the convention of a band. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to overturn. All. So so what is really the authenticity mm-hmm. there? So when you say, let, let's say take a Wounded, uh, for example, what is the song about?
1: That's interesting because the, the song, they've never actually stated exactly what the song is about. If you read it on the surface, it's actually about domestic violence. And a woman who was abused either physically or emotionally or both and her overcoming that and i think their overall meaning to it in my my interpretation is that not to let certain life circumstances paralyze you forever you know overcome and it, it's really a song in my in my mind about overcoming the bad stuff that happens uh, that you know that ultimately falls upon all of us in certain ways in varying degrees. Again,
0: finding those resources within the resourcefulness to overcome yes difficulties, right? Corey Morrow.
1: Corey Morrow, I I love him and I love this song uh, the way I do. It's it's a love song and I have varying tastes in music. This is a Texas country song, and it's just to me. Uh, I've been to a lot of Cory Morrow Mau- concerts not so many now that I live in New York City but he is he's just a great songwriter and has an incredible ability to speak to me personally with his lyrics.
0: Now that's interesting uh, one of our guests uh, a couple of episodes ago was Dave Walker mm-hmm. a local radio uh, broadcaster I heard news, that new one. broadcaster yep. and he started and, and manages to, with his son the red dirt rebel here 95.5 and I was very interested to hear that that they have a rule that they don't play any music from anyone that they don't they don't feel is authentic mm. <laughs> I, <like laughs> I mean that. and I we I w- I started this we were discussing you know how exactly you tell that but th- th- in other words if it was going to be about Texas bands they really wanted somebody who you got a sense that they did grow up in Texas or they've lived in Texas and they understand Texas and they're talking about something Texas. In other words, they weren't just sort of driving by. And, you know, I saw Lubbock and, and then I'll write a quick song and move on to, uh, you know, Los Angeles or, or something like yeah. that. So I, I think that quality of authenticness is is very important. The song that you mentioned is The Way I Do. What is that one about?
1: It's It's about love. It's about his love for... His, his girlfriend or wife and it, it's, it's just a love song that if I'm in a, a state of contemplation or if I'm in a state of meditation then I enjoy listening to this song because it's nice to hear one person speak really lovely things to another There was you there was me
4: a big yellow moon And some stars on our side There were so many things we had to say Before we said goodnight Then you gave me a secret to keep We talked until I fell asleep Then I woke. The sound of your voice with the sunlight shining in my eyes, searching for words to a song that I heard in my dreams last night. It was something about your heart, and all of the love that it feeling
0: In your interactions, you, you uh, are very generous and you help some of our young people visit New York and work there. You, you've, you've made some great connections for them, and I know a lot of the students who've uh, worked with you. What are you looking for in somebody that you're giving an opportunity to because obviously you can't give an opp- you know we, we have 1500 students and you know i'd I, I like them all to get to meet you at, at one point but you know you, you can only give an opportunity an individual opportunity to so many when, when you talk to somebody maybe even for a short time what are you hearing not just in words but maybe in their mood and their attitude and their manner that says this is somebody that if i gave an opportunity they would make the best of it
1: internal drive and resourcefulness that's it that's what it boils down to we can do whatever, whatever we want to do. It's just a matter of what's driving us to do it. What's, what, what's the inspiration behind it? And that's a lot of, I mean, you can, you can manufacture that or it can come naturally. It can come naturally through any number of different ways, um, whether it's how you were brought up or what internally motivates you, or it can be a more of a conscious decision where you simply associate more pain to not achieving it and a lot of pleasure to achieving it. And then you also think about what's the ripple effect for what will happen whenever I do reach the goal. We can do a lot if we're inspired for our own purposes but we can do a lot more if we're inspired to help others and the loved ones we have around us.
0: And I want to talk to you about that because you you believe in not just doing well but doing good and that's from the very first time I met you and everybody knows you that that's a centerpiece of your philosophy. You don't want to achieve anything over the wrecked bodies of anybody else right. and you want to help as many people as you can to achieve success at the same time. Your next song Icona Pop we got the world. <laughs> yeah. It's not we are the world. Yeah,
1: we got the world. My generation
0: <laughs> but we got the world.
1: Yeah, I, it's it's the very beginning of the song. Definitely we'll will wanna play that. And they say we're a freak, what is it? I actually, I forget the very first song, um, exactly what they say, but essentially at the beginning of the song, they say something about because we're always happy, the world thinks we're high. And I think that right there has a lot of truth to it. And that as kids, when we are grown up, we've got the whole world at our fingertips, right? There's, there's no boundaries at all whatsoever. And then as we grow up and we start having boundaries put in place through all sorts of different institutions, parents, school, whatever, our worldview becomes more limited. And through that retracting process, we see the potential in ourselves to be smaller than what we would have if you asked a two-year-old or three-year-old, what do you want to be when you grow up? A superhero, you know, a professional baseball player. And I think it's... With we the- keep limiting ourselves. As we get
0: older, it's, it's like we keep putting more and more limits. Of course, we have more and more anchors, you know, family mm-hmm. uh, responsibilities. And so we don't think that we, we can maybe make a jump mm-hmm. that we might be able to make when we were younger.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we think that, although depending on whatever it is, it might not necessarily be true. And with this song in particular, uh, the very beginning talks about, like I mentioned, the perception of someone being really happy, just over the top excited about life, when as a kid, that's totally okay. But when we get older, if you're acting that way, What's wrong with that person? What's going on? And that's what I love about this. It's like they are unapologetic about the energy and the, the zest they have for life.
0: Well, this goes back to our discussion about these industries and companies that that fail. A lot of people there were, were, as you say, complacent. They were safe. They were comfortable. They didn't think... They had to change, and, you know, we, I feel very sorry when people are displaced or people lose lose their job. And sometimes, I, absolutely, a lot of times it's not any particular fault of one employee in a company. Of, a lot of Blockbuster employees were just hardworking people doing their job. You know, it was the management that was making some some, yeah. big, some big mistakes there. But how do it's you – Should have bought Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> 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 That's right. I mean, it, you know, every, every time – You read about the history of some company or industry that either went off the cliff or or almost went off the cliff. There in the center of it were people who just didn't see a particular reason to change until change
1: changed them. Yeah, change is inevitable. Change will always happen. What's not inevitable is progress. Life's going to change. We're gonna get older, we're gonna get saggier, and that's gonna happen regardless of what we do what is a choice that we can make is the progress and the best of the best design their life so that they dictate the progress that happens in their life it's just like you know if if a family's barely getting by and they are barely able to afford food for themselves but then wife gets pregnant they have another kid the kid doesn't go hungry somehow they manage a way to be resourceful enough to save more money or make more money and feed the kid. Why is that? Because we rise up to the circumstances that life dictates to us. But if we make a conscious decision to say, let's just pretend we have a kid, how would we live? What do we need to do? And then we somehow magically find a way to make that same money that would cost to feed a kid, and we can tuck it away to save, we can tuck it away to change our circumstances, whatever. And that's an important part of how I live my life.
0: The next song you have, Pat Green Take Me Out to a Dance Hall. Now that's an old-fashioned song from
1: the 1890s, right? No, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Yeah, it's the number one classic Texas country song. It gives me chills whenever Pat... Even I've heard that a couple times. Yeah, it gives me chills whenever Pat Green sings
0: so. When you were listening to music, uh, I guess in, in your your formative years and in, in, in college and afterwards, w- were your friends all listening to the same music, or, or was was it was there eclecticism there?
1: It was all it was all over. I think Texas country. I mean, you're you're typically a product of your environment, right? So if you like a certain type of stuff, then your close associates typically like something very similar. Um, so Texas country and alternative rock.
3: Let your head Wear something pretty. Don't you know how you make us both look good? We'll call your mama and tell her we're going out tonight. Gonna be late. Hey, we might not make it back at all. So take me out to the dance hall. Slap my foot down too. Tell them to play them old songs So tell me that you want me And I tell you that I want you to And I kiss your face Whenever you want me to Some people say don't you waste your time away Late night living Love is from the native. Take my hand Take a chance Close your eyes Yeah, the rest is gonna come to you So take me out to this dance hall Slip my foot So tell me that you want me And I tell you that I want you to And I kiss your face whenever you want me to
0: I agree with everything you're saying about individual choices. I think uh, all of us probably should worry about what happens at the societal level. I was reading recently that, you know, we keep hearing about the unemployment rate, but we know that's complete beep. There's the published unemployment rate, but they don't take into account people, people who are on government uh, programs. They don't take into account people who've given up looking right. for jobs. So yeah. the, the actual unemployment rate in this country is 36%, as opposed to the 6% that they just headlined about. We're down to 6 no, we're actually at 36% because of all the people who've just given up or gone on disability or something like that. Like, like I had that. no idea. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So we're getting to the point, I mean, you know, when Social Security started, though, I think it was like one worker and, you know, it was eight or nine, you know, retired people. Now we're, we're going to get to the point where, you know, it's one to one. Mm-hmm. And you wonder how how long can we have an economy like that? I just also read this report about. I mean, I guess it's one of those things. that probably was coming along that you know robots will replace uh, you know one out of three jobs today. What was interesting was that the the reports actually said a lot of creative jobs <laughs> like journalism and oh. <laughs> advertising would be. Re- you know, and I was just like, okay. I mean. You know, I, I will welcome robots to this school as long as they pay their tuition in class, you know, as long as they, they're willing to learn, you know, uh, to grow, <laughs> take an opportunity. But do you worry about society as a whole if we have, I mean, we, we, ha- we will always have the, the entrepreneurs, the, op- the people who take the opportunity, but a lot of people just aren't going to do it. And how can you have a society with, say, a third or half of the people unable to do anything or hold any employment.
1: Yeah, I would say the key is the unable part because I don't think that's true, right? It's it's not that they're unable. Perhaps there's a segment and I completely unfamiliar with the 36% thing, but yeah, it, it, it does not keep me up at night because there are only a certain amount of things that I can influence and then it's a matter of putting my head down and, and doing what I no, I'm supposed to be doing which and then is, helping other people and help, who which know. It, right. which is helping yeah. helping others I mean. Yeah. I know I've told you before I, I my purpose is to help others professionally and financially. And um, my life motto is help enough people get what they want and you'll get everything you want. The secret to living is giving. And that's all I can all I can do. Yeah and
0: it's, it has been again very very uh, obvious in in your life that you've always wanted to I won't put it you wanted to share because that that makes it sound like you make money and then you give a little bit to other people but that you don't you're not talking about a benevolence model you're talking about an assistant a, a you know partnership model right
1: Yeah yeah I mean yeah. the more people I serve the greater I become And that's my approach. Service to many leads to greatness. So my whole thing, you ask me to do this interview, I'm going to do it. I I, I will volunteer for whatever it is as long as it's on purpose for what I believe I'm here to do. And as long as it's on purpose, I'll do it.
0: Your next song is Chained by the... XX.
1: Yeah, you got it. Okay, now, now when, when
0: when we typed that up, you you'd sent me, you were the, the only one right by the way who didn't send me a Microsoft Word file. You took you took it from your screen from that's your place. It's right. fine. It's yeah. fine. But I, I was looking at the guys, is that a typo? Or is that <laughs> Then I looked it up. Well, Yeah, that, that is a group. Yeah. yeah. Small x, small x, the yeah, XX. The XX. Yeah.
1: The song is about if somebody suffocated the other person in a relationship by staying too close to them. And I think that is interesting and a telltale you know, sign of what not to do in any relationship because I think fire needs air. And it's important in a relationship that the, the two people can stand up on their own two feet and be who they are, and then collectively um, you grow together. Uh, and this song illustrates that.
0: And it occurs to me as, as a parent, you know, especially parents today are really struggling with this because um, I would love to be a remora on my children, just, you know, be there all the time. We think that this is probably the toughest time ever for the transition from high school to college because so much of what high school students do is managed for them. You know, they've they've got a fixer, an agent, a coach, a cheerleader. You know, a business <laughs> manager. Yes. Just you talk to kids today, and it's just a lot of stuff has been done. Even the kid, you know, you you think somebody coming from the country or maybe have a farming background might be more independent, but generally, parents are more involved. I mean, just think about play date. You know, which that n- would never have occurred to my parents to like set up a time mm-hmm. for me to play or, or uh, you know making just all the the social calendar that uh, the parents do or college, you know, the being involved in, you know, the college application and everything. So today, today's college students, I think, are having a very difficult time. They're suddenly on their own completely or almost completely, you know, time management, making choices about what to do including some temptations that may not have been just presented hourly and right there in their own room before how do you think if you were giving advice to some students about you you talk about making the most of the good opportunities how do you distinguish between something that is a pseudo good opportunity it's not really a good opportunity It just seems like like an expedient like fun for the moment type thing but isn't gonna lead
1: anywhere well I think anything can lead somewhere and it's it's just a matter of what we do with the pseudo good opportunity i mean um, and what we learned from it as long as long as we learn from the pseudo good opportunity then we can tuck that away and build on that pseudo good so that it could turn into a really good opportunity and if we hadn't experienced this pseudo good then we wouldn't have the very good opportunity
4: I wish you breathing.
0: Next song is the rosebuds hold hands and fight
1: rosebuds are a north carolina band they are it's just a a guy and a girl that used to be a couple they're no longer a couple but now they stay still tour the song hold hands and fight is exactly about that where you hold each other's hands and you go in it together and the beginning of the song is just gives me the chills and I, I like the approach. I mean, similar to, to Not Afraid by Eminem. It's just, let's let's hold our hands, let's do this together, and let's make it happen.
3: And
0: I think you're making another point there that, um, you know, I, I grew up at a time where there was the term, the self-made man, you know. And in truth, nobody. Right. <laughs> it's compl- I mean, you have to right. have friends. You have to have partners. Yeah. You have to have people who are giving you, uh, uh, what is that old joke about... Uh, Bill Gates started Microsoft with an idea and ten million dollars. You know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How do you build up? I, I, we're Facebook pals. Yeah, we you are. You and me. And so I've noticed that you have attended three hundred weddings in the last uh, <laughs>
1: yeah. three months. Is that correct? Yeah, it I, seems
0: like you're you're going from wedding to wedding I, to wedding. Um, yeah. I am. Uh, everyone's getting hitched. Yeah, and. Uh, so, obviously, you have some close friends that yeah. you, you are, are going to, to their wedding. And, I've been uh, the best man in three weddings in the last year and a half. How do you pick friends? And I say that, in, in my I was talking to a group of students, and I often do about this, and I'll ask one of them, okay, how many Facebook friends do you have? And they'll say 5,000, something mm-hmm. like that, 3,000. I said, well, you know, I grew up at a time where a friend was somebody who'd loan you money. If you're down and out, who'd help you find a job, who'd maybe take a bullet for you, (laughs) Uh, sort of who'd keep a secret, I mean, really, you know, that that needed to be kept. Mm -hmm. How many of your 5,000 Facebook friends do you feel that way? And obviously the students, that number crashes uh, at at that point. You've formed some close friendships of people that you trust. How do you find good friends and keep them and know that they're people you can trust for a lifetime?
1: I'd say my approach is love your family. Pick your peer group and positive energy is the number one thing i look for um and then yeah i, ha- I have friends in different networks i have uh friends who uh, i know just through flag football i'm the captain of a flag football team our name team name is red raiders by the way once we pick the team name and red you play raiders, in central park or uh, east, river. East, yeah, river, east river yeah east river once we pick the team name red raiders we have won the last two championships so the red raiders have two championships so it's it's just a matter of alignment of energy really and that's such a you know fluffy thing to say but that that's what i look for now you know i'm 32 years old and i am an entrepreneur and i'm building my business so now i align myself with people who I you know enjoy spending time with, and one because I have friends who he's you know, a comedian and we play football together, but then separately who are entrepreneurs and doing what I'm doing, um, or have already done what I'm doing, I wholeheartedly believe in mentorship, and I you know in order to buy you know, the last deal I did, 168 unit apartment community. I reached out to the guy who wrote the book on apartment communities. He wrote the book, uh, Commercial Real Estate Investing for Dummies. And now he's a consultant of mine. So that's how I consciously select the people I surround myself with uh, based on what they've done, what they've done successfully. And then separately, I have sort of the go have a beer with my buddy friend group. I
4: have to
5: myself I know Our shoes on time for the march ahead through sleepy bays. And we get by and we tell ourselves one more time. We get by and we brace ourselves.
0: Your next song, you're going to have to explain the title to me, but it's Wales, the group W A L E. Wale. Wale. Yeah. Wale.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I'm learning so much.
0: No more Sinatra. That's it. Yeah.
1: Ambition. Ambition. It, it talks about being raised on the streets and ambition, what is what he's going to be known for. The number one thing that impresses me is someone who has come from a rough background, risen above, and accomplished great things. And the great things can be defined in any number of ways. It's really whatever they're into and if they're, if they're following what, what they love to do. And, um, you know, that, that's what the song talks about.
2: Uh, only hope I had was selling dope. Was on my grind cause times was harder than the sell or float. My mama told me never steal and never tell them folks. I grew up looking up the niggas that was selling coke. Oh, I was raised by the stop sign. No religion, I was getting saved by the Glock 9. By the minute, I was getting paid like the hotline. Serving rolling, things was calling. We was dot com. Well connected, well respected, and well protected. And get accepted. Was rejected, now they regret it. And get my message. Was the signal when I was texting. The niggas I was calling was fraud and I learned my lesson Now I move with aggression, use my mind as a weapon Cause chances are never given, they took them like interceptions So throw that pass, I'll be the cornerback
3: Me and Baloran, M.M.G. gon' bring that one back For my ambition Easy to dream, a dream, though it's harder to the live it They gon' out
0: Our Lady Peace, 4AM.
1: They are my oldest brother's favorite band. I love them. The song is uh, a great song, but the selection was more for the band and the memories I have. Attending a concert with my oldest brother, uh, he had just actually had a heart attack in Dallas, and he flew up. He still flew up and did the scheduled trip in New York City, and we went to Our Lady Peace concert. So the band itself has uh, some fond memories for me.
0: Well, Joe, thank you very much for uh, joining us today. Thank you very much for being just incredibly involved and uh, involving uh, (laughs) alumni of of our school. Uh, You have uh, touched and inspired the lives of many of our students, and I predict uh, there'll be many, many more people uh, to Come, I want to, uh, I guess this is sort of a plug, but you're working on a book, and I, we've talked a little bit yeah. about that. And uh, it, it is a philosophy of, of success, isn't it?
1: It's interesting. You know, I, I started writing the book whenever I was in advertising, and it was going to be called 75 Tips to Have a Remarkable Career, Join the Remarkables. And I've interviewed a lot of remarkable people um, like Linda Rutherford who went to Texas Tech, well, actually a lot of Texas Tech grads um, in addition to other schools. Although we could probably just do a book on Texas Tech grads. And now that I am you know, focused on more entrepreneurial stuff, I think I'm going to, and since I haven't published it yet, I think I'm going to shift the angle. Um, less about a start to finish on how to land a job, to how to get promoted, to um, how to network really well, more uh, from an entrepreneurial angle, angle and include the networking advice that I've learned from these remarkable people. So keep those, that content, those interviews, but then also um, make the focus more on how to start a successful business.
0: Yeah, I look forward to it. Thank you again, Joe Fairless. And let's leave on the sounds of Our Lady Peace 4 A.M.
5: good intentions and found that there were none I blame my father for the wasted years we hardly talked I never thought I would forget this hate then a phone call made me realize I'm right And if I don't make it known that I've loved you all along Just like sunny days that we ignore Because we're all dumb and jaded And I hope to God I figure out what's wrong Walked around my room Not thinking Just sinking in this box I blame myself for being Too much like somebody else Never thought I would Just bend this way Then a phone call made You are all alone just like side